2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hour two of our Monday edition. Hope that you are staying cool out there. 98 degrees. Says on my monitor, I look longingly outside, but uh looks pretty nice. I love that. I like the heat. I'm I'm all about it. Anyway, welcome to the program. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. We take issues of the day and talk about them from a Christian perspective. Earlier today, we see that uh, State Attorney General Rob Bonta is getting ready to sue school boards, i.e., parents. By the way, uh, about the parental notification policies that have been passing in different districts.
3: Attorney General Rob Bonta leading the charge in the state's new lawsuit to stop the enforcement of the controversial identity disclosure policy in the Chino Valley School District, Bonta calls the mandatory measure a threat to LGBTQ students that goes against the state constitution.
0: But many parents say they have the right to know if their child identifies
1: as transgender. Do you believe as a parent that you have the right to know what your kids are going through, especially in something like this where it could lead to uh, medical changes or identity changes? Do you believe, maybe I need to ask, do you not believe, are you, do you just not want to know? Like your kid, you send your kid to school and uh, they have a different identity at school. A a They have a different, um, not just different pronouns or other things. They just have a different identity. Do you feel like as a parent you have a right to know or do you just not want to know? I guess I want to hear from somebody who doesn't want to know. I like, just not want to know? When I was in – I don't know. I might have been in the first grade or second grade. I was Superman at school. I don't know if anybody – I don't think I've ever even told this story. But I had this sweater that I used to tie around my neck, and it was like a cape. It was too big for me or something. And, you know, if there was a fight out on the playground, I used to run in the bathroom and turn into Superman and then run back out and uh, try to deal with that fight. I really did. And I would, at one point I left the cape in the bathroom because we had these – these showers in my school bathroom that nobody ever used. They didn't work and nobody ever went in there. And I just left the sweater in there. And that was my phone booth. That's where I changed. That's that's not what we're talking about here. Now, if I was doing that and say I was 15, then I would think my parents need to know about that. Right. If I'm going into the high school gym and turning into Superman and uh, my parents should know about that. Of course, by the time I was in high school, uh, I was not doing that because when I was in high school, I was actually Batman. And so uh, I had a car and all of that that was known as the Batmobile, and uh, I'm not making that up. Uh, I think parents want to know what's going on with their kids at school, uh, especially on these serious issues. Glenn
4: and Lou, this really is a culture war showdown between parents, school boards, and state politicians, and it appears both sides are willing to take this to court. Earlier today, State Attorney General Rob Bonta saying the Chino Valley Unified School District was warned but did not listen. And now his office is suing the district. That new Chino policy, which has been the subject of heated debate, requires school staff to notify parents if their child wants to use a different name or pronoun or use a facility that does not align with the gender on their birth record or their official school record. Well, parents insist that they have a right to know and they can best help their young children. Hundreds packed the recent school board meetings to support or protest the policy. Bonta says the new policy is a clear violation of LGBTQ plus students' constitutional rights, the right to privacy and equal rights. The attorney general also called the policy destructive, discriminatory and downright dangerous.
1: That's your state attorney general, Rob Bonta, who you voted for. I mean, maybe not all of the yous out there, but enough yous out there voted for him that that's it. Is he right or wrong? 888-528-2557. With me to help us understand this is Jennifer Kennedy. She's an attorney and a activist on subjects like this, and uh, she has a lot to add. She has been to many of these uh, meetings, and uh, Jennifer, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Glad to be Thanks for having me. Uh, great to have you here, Jennifer. All right, so tell us uh, just give us a little background on what happened in Chino Valley and also some other school districts.
5: Okay, so back in July, Chino Valley Unified was the first school district to adopt what we're calling the parental notification policies. And just to back up a little for our listeners, the reason that these school boards are adopting parental notification policies to alert families when a child is exhibiting gender dysphoria and identifying specifically as transgender campus. The reason they're doing this is because our own legislature refuses to discuss this in public, refuses to discuss the merits of a bill that was introduced, AB 1314, by Bill Asaley at the beginning of the session. And they killed that bill, which was going to do the same thing, require all school districts up and down the state to alert a parent to the behavioral red flag of a child identifying as the opposite sex on campus. Legislature can't handle it. They cannot handle that public debate. And so they killed that bill. And Bill Asaley said, fine, we will take it to the school districts and we will enact it one by one by one. So that's where Chino Valley came in. And that's why the very brave board and the conservative majority down there, enacted the first policy to alert parents to what their children are doing on campus.
1: This is happening in school districts all up and down the state, even in uh, places that are more liberal, I would say, uh, because I think parents are, this is not necessarily a liberal and conservative thing, I think, as far as parents are concerned, right, as far as regular people are concerned, which is something I think that matters a lot here, is that what's happening in Sacramento does not represent regular Californians at all.
5: Absolutely not. And you know what we find? When we go to the grassroots and we talk to the regular people in the street, your soccer mom, your regular Joe, when they hear about all the bills that are coming out of the legislature, they are enraged. When parents learn that schools up and down our state are secretly transitioning children and are helping children, providing suggestions on how they can transition and even providing the, the, you know, but chest binders and tuck tape and recommendations and and colluding with kids about how they can best deceive their own parents, regular folks are out of their minds with disbelief.
1: Now, these stories are happening all over the place. And something Jennifer, we've talked about this before, but I feel like people think it's happening over there or there's some rogue school district over here. Uh, This is happening everywhere.
5: It is. And it's not just California right. either. Definitely, it's in every district in California. We keep saying that. It's all across the nation. Uh, just recently, I tweeted a. a flyer from a Minnesota school, and the the flyer was all about, you know, where is sex in the school year? And it talks about all these various days in that calendar devoted to celebrating LGBT issues or other types of sexually, uh, you know, charged material that we feel have no place in our school curriculum.
1: When we were kids... You know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, Jennifer, when you and I were children, did we have this? I mean, when? I don't remember any such thing.
5: Thank you for bringing that up because yeah. I, I say that a lot. I ask people to think back even 10 years. And I ask for a show of hands about who knew of a trans child 10 years ago. Typically, the room is silent. And then we ask, "Have who has heard of a trans child now? And two-thirds of the hands go up. This is a rapid social contagion. This is a rapid onset condition that has slowly been piped into our kids' brains. It's being this notion of you can be whatever gender you wish to be because it's how you feel in your brain and not what you look like on your body. All of this is being provided to our children who are extremely impressionable and immature.
1: You know, as we are dealing with this, and my guest is Jennifer Kennedy, if you'd like to join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557. We're responding to Attorney General Rob Bonta, who is suing the Chino Valley School District over their decision to require schools to alert parents if their child is transitioning. Uh, Jennifer, the schools, uh, what, are, what exactly did they vote for uh, as far as, like, procedurally, what is a school in this district and a couple others that have voted this? What are they supposed to do?
5: It's very limited. It's very narrowly tailored, as we say. Uh, these policies are based on one model policy and the Chino policy and Murrieta and Temecula. They look at three things. They want a school to alert parents if a child, number one, requests to be known publicly by a different name, an opposite-sex name different from that child's birth certificate. And we're not talking about a diminutive, a nickname. We're talking clearly about an opposite-sex name that conflicts with what the child's given name is. That's number one. Number two, if the child is requesting opposite-sex pronouns... And number three, if the child is seeking to use bathrooms, locker rooms, other facilities that are sex segregated, those are the three things. So you have to remember Bonta's use of the word outing, as if these are forced outing of children. This is an absolute uh, deflection of the reality that these kids are publicly asking to identify this way on a school campus. And that means everyone knows from the principal to the secretary to the teacher, even to substitute teachers. So the notion that everyone gets to know about this on a campus, except the parents have to be kept in the dark, That's wrong.
1: That's an excellent point because uh, he is he's saying that I think I even have a clip of him talking about it. Let's call this policy
2: what it is. It is a forced outing policy.
1: Yeah. See, that's what he's saying right there. That's nonsense because the kids aren't out, right? This isn't A private thing even between them and a school counselor or one teacher.
5: That's right. That's a great point. Let's say there is a child who is considering identifying as trans but isn't even certain he or she wants to do that. Let's say maybe they are thinking that, right? The only time a parent needs to be alerted is when the child is specifically asking for that identification. Hmm. When you identify yourself that way to a teacher... And you're going to be called opposite sex pronouns and a brand new name. That means all the kids know. That means substitute teachers know. Everyone knows. And so where, you have to ask, where is any expectation of privacy in that child? And by the way, children don't have a right of privacy as against their own parents. They simply
1: don't. That is such an excellent point. So this isn't – and what age are we talking about? we talking about all ages. Well, what, here's you know, the what thing. What are we talking about here?
5: Yes, uh, there, Of course, there's no limit in the, the minds of the state and our elected leaders as to what age a child can be trans-identifying. And these policies uh, don't mention that either, right? It's any child who is – any child under the age of 18 because obviously right. that's a minor child.
1: Yeah. I think the privacy thing – that's such an interesting thing because we are – We're talking about not just kids on the playground who might tell their friends sort of privately, hey, I'm going to these are my pronouns or something. I mean, that's a thing that I would still like to know about. But I also know with my kids, they might be joking or there might be they haven't taken any steps.
5: Right. Probably, right? These are,
1: Towards anything serious.
5: These are kids who are taking steps. Yeah. And in fact, some people might not know that not only are the kids taking the steps, but the schools are facilitating that. On day one in many districts, teachers are handing out forms that ask the children, what are your pronouns? Mm-hmm. Do you have a new name you would like to go by? And they have little tables about who can I tell about this name? Shall I call you this in class? Yes or no. Shall I tell your parents? Yes or no. The schools are providing this framework that, number one, it's an option, and number two, if you want this to be a secret from mom and dad, just let me know.
1: This is not something that a Rob or the state misunderstands, right? They know fully that this is something that the the schools are doing. A school counselor I know who's a Christian, 10, 12 years ago, when this was kind of just beginning, sent me the brochure that she was given to hand out that she – Cleverly doesn't, but at least back then, right? And I was stunned; I couldn't believe it. And it it basically asked the kids those questions. It didn't, that one didn't say anything about parents, but it was clearly pushing an agenda, really pushing you away from the gender the gender you are. Actually, that's the weirdest thing to me.
5: That's right. And the the strange thing that people need to also realize about transgenderism, this whole notion, it is the most regressive. Uh, agenda you can imagine, regressive, regressive, homophobic, and body shaming, because it tells children flat out, something's wrong with you. Something is wrong with your body. Mm -hmm. If you feel a certain way in your brain, well, your body is all wrong, and you'd better do something about it. Otherwise, you'll never be happy. What a cruel thing to tell a child.
1: Yeah, and that is, that's something that we have to say very loudly, that this is cruel, That is the the right word, you know, and if a child is really dealing with that over time, you know, there there are, you, you can think about that, but most of these kids aren't dealing with it over a long period of time. It's something that they're Like you said, a contagion. Explain what a contagion is. I think maybe not everybody has heard that word.
5: Well, the reason we're calling it a contagion is because, again, if you look back in history, 10 years ago, you did not see trans-identifying children. Right. When you look at Abigail Schreier's book, which is called Irreversible Damage, and that's the transgender craze seducing our daughters in particular, you'd see this, you see a rise in this rapid-onset gender dysphoria that's occurring in a teen population, Right. originally when you talk about gender dysphoria as a clinical diagnosis you will read in the literature that it often manifests or when it manifests it's in um, small children, very young in the toddler years and in boys in particular but this notion of entire groups of like volleyball teams of girls all suddenly identifying as trans or all assuming these different and varied sexual identities, this is brand new, this was unheard of in our time for sure.
1: There was a whistleblower at uh, one of these clinics in Seattle and uh, she uh, last February blew the whistle and she's very left, right? She's very left Oh, that's left-wing. right, Jamie
5: Reed. Yeah, That Jamie is Reed. exactly right.
1: And uh, just last week, uh, there are newspapers that blasted her six months ago have had to come around to saying she's right. One of the things she said was that she noticed that there would be a bunch of people, primarily girls, from one school who are suddenly identifying this way and wanting treatment, but down the street is another school and there would be zero. Right. How does that make any sense? Right. So she understood.
5: Yeah. You look at the peer pressure factor here that you see where on campuses, again, even on the Los Angeles Unified with its queer all year curriculum, you see this celebrated among kids and staff and completely um, enabled by the adults in the room. So, if you see that there's a club on campus and you see that these other groovy kids with the green hair and whatever are getting all kinds of special attention and they seem awesome, hey, who doesn't want to sign up for that club, right?
1: Yeah. There's a lot that has to do with um, identity and having friends. You know, back in the the 90s, I think, girls were dealing with a contagion of eating disorders, right? And it was um, it was pretty serious, right? Anorexia, bulimia, those types of things. And it was the same thing. It was... A bunch of girls who go to the same school who are dealing with exactly the same issues. And, you know, it would have been horrifying if back then the schools would be saying, giving instruction. Here's how you put your finger down your throat.
5: Exactly. And here's how you stay as skinny as you like, girls. You know, let's let's go with a celery only at lunch. Yes, this is likened. This gender dysphoria, this transgenderism is likened to a hysteria. Go all the way back to the Salem witch trials and the hysteria back then in the, the groups of teen girls with these fascinations mm-hmm. with something that they've latched onto. Now, no one ever wants to say that anorexia, bulimia, all those horrible eating disorders were in any way some type of fad. But the truth is, how much do you hear about them right now as a social issue? You don't hear no. too much, right? Right. But now what you hear about is the transgenderism and the multiple sexual identities being assumed by children who can't mm. possibly, they're not even in their fully sexed bodies. We're talking about 10 and 11 year olds declaring themselves pansexual, etc. They don't even know what they're talking about.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big thing, right? They don't actually know. No. I, I had to talk with my boys at an, a, what I think was an appropriate age. And they didn't know what I'm talking about. Right. And they think, my my youngest one, John, he thinks he knows what he's talking about, actually, but he doesn't. Oh, but that's just true of yeah. kids, right? Right, that's kids. And
5: that's yeah. another interesting thing, which brings up the the notion of informed consent. Yeah. When you look down the really scary and ugly pathway of transgenderism and gender interventions, such as surgical interventions on children, where they are talking about uh, double radical mastectomies and horrible uh, genital mutilation surgeries, children who have not even developed into their fully uh, sexed bodies, they have no idea what they are giving up. Mm -hmm. They have no ability to give informed consent to have those organs removed or to have that part of their body altered. They just cannot possibly know. And that is the big, that's what we are thinking is the child abuse factor of this where parents are submitting their children to the puberty blockers and the cross-sex hormones to effectively treatments that are going to sterilize their children and how can a child fully appreciate what they're losing in that moment? that
1: means. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Jennifer Kennedy. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. Why are parents doing this? I mean, from the the parent who does understand, you know, why are parents fully aware or are they, are they not understanding that this is a permanent decision being made that will, in many cases, make sure that your kids cannot have kids, that it will make them a medical patient for life, that they will always, you're making decisions for your children that say they will be a medical patient for life, that this is not something that is reversible, really. Uh, Why are parents doing that?
5: It's really hard to speculate about that. I know that so many parents um, truly and fully believe in the notion that a child can be born in the wrong body, Mm -hmm. in the notion that a child needs medically needs to become the opposite sex in order to be happy, Which is, of course, physically impossible. You can never become the opposite sex. Your XX chromosomes, your XY chromosomes infuse every cell in your body and inform everything your body does. It's a fallacy to think that their children can ever truly become the opposite sex. I don't know. A lot of people call the parents who are pushing this or who are joining their children in this, they call them transhausen by proxy, Mm -hmm. right? The Munchausen syndrome by proxy is the people who make other people, their children sick in order to gain attention for themselves or, or gain some type of effect. Same thing with you see a lot of parents who seem really invested in having a trans child
1: it's something about the parents yes. right and that's uh, that is something that is super disturbing we've seen that with some of the more famous cases right where yes. clearly mom or dad is forcing the kid into something for their identity, and they get a TV show out of it.
5: That's right, and, and you're seeing all That's exactly right. I yeah. think you're probably t- thinking about Jazz Jennings, yeah. and there have been a lot of Instagram videos lately showing parents um, celebrating in the hospital with their child who's receiving the implant of, like, female, the puberty blockers yeah. in the arm. Those are so disturbing to watch, um, and yet they are celebrating procedure that is about to sterilize their child for life
1: that's right i got to take a break here uh, jennifer can you stay another segment with us and uh I want to talk about where this is going. So the Attorney General of California Rob Bonta is suing school districts that have passed rules about parental uh consent or parental uh what's it called? Notification. The parental notification mm-hmm. specifically um for these things. We'll talk about it when we come back. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. You can watch the Pastor Scott show right now at kkla.com and say hello to Jennifer over uh you know online. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues stay tuned.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Let's call this policy what it is. It is a forced outing policy. It requires schools to notify parents when a student requests to use a name or pronoun to use a facility or to participate in a program that doesn't align with their birth certificate or official records. It has already harmed and continues to threaten their mental, emotional and physical well-being.
1: That was uh, California Attorney General Rob Bonta who filed a lawsuit today against the Chino Valley School District um, that just passed a rule. Um, that uh, requires the school to notify parents if their child is requesting to be called by a different gender or different pronoun uh, or those kinds of things. With me talking about this is Jennifer Kennedy. Jennifer Kennedy is an attorney and an activist with us. Tell us about this lawsuit and what does this What does this mean? How is this going to play out?
5: Well, Attorney General Rob Bonta has been threatening, threatening Chino Valley ever since uh, it enacted that parental notification policy back in July that somehow this was unconstitutional, that somehow schools had the right or were entitled to withhold information from parents about their own children. And as we've been saying since then, as I continue to say today, he's got no law on that topic, right?
1: He acts like he does, though. The (laughs) the verbiage that I keep hearing is this is against, they've taken away the rights, the parents are taking away the rights of these kids or whatever. What's the law?
5: He's backwards. They they like to throw around uh, right of privacy. Mm -hmm. They like to throw that around. However, we are talking about children. We're not talking about adults. Okay, our Supreme Court has repeatedly affirmed in our country that parents possess the paramount right to direct the care and upbringing of their children, that children are the domain of parents, and only parents possess the ability to decide the values which, with which they raise their children, the information their children receive, and how their children's education goes. Children do not have a right of privacy regarding their gender identity as against their own parents. And you can hear Rob Bonta. You can hear him in that quote where he says this is a forced outing policy that's going to harm children. Do you hear what he's doing? He is tarring out. Every parent in the state with the Mm -hmm. same brush, he is saying that by default, California's position is that all parents are dangerous. Yeah. All parents cannot be trusted to know what their own child is doing publicly on campus. And that's just wrong.
1: And there are cases where the parent can lose the rights, obviously, of their kid if there is abuse, if there is something that can be shown, right, that's happening. Of course. So that's are, being, but yeah. that's being leveraged against every parent on this issue.
5: Yes, it is. It's absolutely right. presuming that parents are always going to be bad. They're always going to react abusively or violently or throw kids out. And I work with a group called Our Duty, and it's a non-religious, nonpartisan group of parents safeguarding children in this gender confusion space. And we have thousands of parents with gender-confused children, and not a one, not a one, has thrown out their child or has acted abusively upon learning about the trans identification of the child. Not a one. They have no data to even back up what is really a, a scurrilous allegation that parents somehow are their children's own worst enemy. And in fact, you want to look back at the law, the Supreme Court presumes that by virtue of parentage alone... Parents have their children's best interests at heart.
1: That's right. what comes next? So he's going to file this lawsuit against Chino Valley. He said later that this will affect uh, what's Temecula. And there's another one I think that's passed a similar one.
5: That's right. There's four so far. There's yeah. Chino, Murrieta, Anderson, which is up north, a smaller district, and just now Temecula. And um, is he going to have to file suit against every single district that adopts these policies? Yes, he is. This isn't going to automatically. He's going to try to strike it down. The problem with his lawsuit, it's based on a lot of saber rattling and very little law. Yeah. And And we will wait and see because he's going to have to allege, he's going to have to say that it is the state uh, policy here that all parents are presumed dangerous and that kids somehow magically um, have a privacy right against their own parents, which doesn't exist anywhere in law so far.
1: Parents, you've got to hear that, that this is about you. And it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat or independent or whatever you are. This is about you, that you are dangerous. If you disagree with the state attorney general, if you disagree about the raising of your kids with respect to their medical care, with respect to their mental health care, with respect to maybe their religion or their philosophy about anything, whether you're left or right, if you don't agree with what the powers that be in Sacramento think, you can now be an abuser you're an abuser
5: and you know another part is that not only the state if parents don't even agree with the state Rambanta is saying that schools that teachers and administrators and principals that they somehow have a greater right to your child than you do yeah that somehow those people on campus are the safe people by default but you aren't and that's also wrong. That's that is his slippery slope that he's going to have to tell California voters that he fully believes. Okay,
1: we're going to have to listen to that. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Jennifer Kennedy. The number is eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You can take a phone call. We got a call uh, in Nikki from L.A. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello. Hi, Nikki. Go ahead. You're on with Jennifer Kennedy. Um-
3: Okay, here's my issue. What I was listening to her uh, speak about you know, how they can change their genders and have all these radical surgeries, and that bothers me on two levels. First, the nurse level. As an RN, I remember when two of my nieces wanted their tubes tied. They were 25 years and younger, but 25 years. They were actually one was 25, the other one I believe was 24. They literally had to have counseling. Mm-hmm. to verify, to make sure they knew what they were doing, all of the consequences before they would ever give them surgery. And they had private insurance and one had uh, the other one was a friend and she had, you know, state insurance, medi Medicare, whatever it's called. And they could not just go and, oh, I want my tubes tied. So how, you know, this is just asinine that children are allowed to make these decisions, with you know, and parents, too, with, with, like the lady said. Psychologically, they're not even developed at that level to truly know the long-term consequences of this. That's right. This is just insane. And I'm on both sides i am a teacher and a nurse and i would never i i love my students but i am not their parents i send them home at the end of the day and like you said not partisan not uh religion It is not my right. I love those kids, but I can't say that this parent doesn't love this child more than I do. This is their child. They carry nine months. They know what they want for their children.
1: Yeah, you're so so right.
3: They're just just stepping into into areas
1: they do not belong. Yeah, you're so right, Nikki. Thanks for calling. Jennifer. I think that most people actually feel that way.
5: Such great points. Nikki, thank you so much because you made so many great observations about who really has the ability and who is there for the children, right? Who was there when they were born, took their first steps, and who's going to be there at 345? When the school doors close, who's going to be there at uh, summer break and, frankly, after graduation? And talk about rights, okay? What we're hearing a lot in this day and age where the lens is is always on child empowerment, et cetera, and and the schools are talking a lot about, well, they they want to create safe spaces Mm -hmm. for kids. Well, remember the old legal uh, axiom that your right to swing your fist ends at my nose, okay? So – I say a school's right to act as the inclusive environment for a child ends when that turns into intentional deception of parents and a school's right to be the safe uh the safe space for a child ends when that turns into school secrets yeah They don't have rights greater than parents, and they have to stop thinking that they are protecting children or that they have the right to do so.
1: So, Jennifer, we hear these things going on, and what I want people to realize is this is happening that your state government is coming after parents what is happening to bring parents into this so that we can stop this where does this Where does this go? I think something new has happened today. It,
5: fantastic in fact, today at three o 'clock up in Sacramento, we had a press conference to announce that just today filed uh, interestingly with the attorney general Rob bonta, were three initiatives that are planned to get enough signatures and make it onto the ballot and those three initiatives are designed to protect. Parental rights. The first one is uh, the School Transparency Act, which is just like these parental notification policies requiring the schools to be transparent about what's happening with their kids. The second one is protecting girls' sports and spaces from... Uh, males in sports and female spaces like locker rooms, etc. And the third initiative is protecting children from reproductive harm, and that is stopping these gender interventions and surgeries on minors in the state of California. That those three initiatives are sponsored by Protect Kids California. You can find them on uh, Instagram at, at @protectkidsca. And for those model policies that school districts, that smart, common-sense school districts are passing and are going to keep passing, you should look to the Coalition for Parental Rights for a model policy and how to... Get some grassroots support to bring those to school boards and see that those get passed. So we have a lot of grassroots uh, resources for people.
1: So I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll put those on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and on the uh, Twitter machine, X at Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show. Jennifer, um, those ballot amendments are – they on course to get on the ballot for next year? What's going to have to be done to get them on?
5: Well, they are brand new. Okay, okay. so now They're we need to presented. get them out. Yes, we got to get them out in the world and get enough signatures. And we're looking for each initiative in order to make it onto the ballot. You've got to get at least 546 valid signatures. So usually we like to see so hundreds of thousands of more than that because you know the state's going to come through and try to disqualify those. Right. So Ooh. if anyone wants to volunteer to be petition gatherers, that's what we need. We need an army on the ground here's the great thing every single one of those initiatives is supported by huge percentages of people school transparency two out of two out of for every two people i mean sorry out of every three two out of uh three people believe that schools should be transparent with uh uh, parents it's
1: shocking that it's only two out of three I know honestly, right,
5: right? Uh, protecting girls sports and spaces uh 78 percent of people believe we should protect girls sports and almost spaces. Almost four out of five that exactly makes and sense. protecting children from these gent from these invasive damaging and irreversible gender um, interventions at least 68 70 percent of all people agree with this the numbers are on our side
1: yeah all right this is the Pastor Scott show I got to take a break I see your calls uh coming up here uh, can you stay again I was uh, we we're gonna be... Be done. But Absolutely. If, you know, you're, you're sitting here in the studio, <laughs> which you can watch, by the way, at kkla.com if you want to watch the Pastor Scott Show. Plus, you can follow us at Pastor Scott Show on your socials, uh, uh, Instagram and X, what used to be Twitter. And uh, these links that you're hearing about, we'll post those on there today so that you can see that. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show.
1: We're here with Jennifer Kennedy. I'll take your calls here in just a second. I can't uh, miss today the opportunity to talk about uh, Bob Barker, famous host of The Price is Right, Passed Away. and What great memories you have for staying home from school, right? And you watch Bob Barker. That was the greatest part about it. Um, I was, I had a youth director, Jennifer, and he came to my office one time and he had a bunch of kids. He was very young and they needed a car. And he said, I got a weird thing I want to pray with you about. I said, what's that? I like weird prayers. And he said, I want, I'm going to go to the prices, right? I want to pray that I get on the show, that I'm a contestant and I win a car. And we did. We prayed for that. And no kidding. He got on the show and he won a car. <laughs> and the crazy thing is to make you pay the taxes on that. And whatever you win on there, they don't tell you that, right? They tell you that when you're there. So he finally got the car months later, had to sell it because he couldn't afford the taxes, but he, with the money, he bought something else and it was great for his family. The wild thing about that is his mom was on the prices Right and won a car, and his grandmother was on the prices Right and won a car.
3: <laughs>
5: Answered prayers Answered right prayers. there. Answered prayers.
1: You never know. All right. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Jennifer Kennedy is here. We are talking about the lawsuit filed by Rob Bonta, the state attorney general, that uh, really is against parents and against the idea that schools, uh, she's suing school districts that have made it require a requirement to notify parents of kids who are requesting, openly requesting, Requesting to change their gender. Uh, I've got some calls here. If you got uh, a moment for that, here, Forrest in San Diego. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
3: How are you? I have just a quick, a quick comment and and a question after. I'd like to answer the question mostly while I'm out here. The comment is that uh, most cash-strapped school districts are terrified about liability issues. They can't even afford to successfully defend a a lawsuit because of attorney's fees, let alone something from the the state. The, The question is this. Uh, where online can we go to get statist- accurate statistics to convince parents of every political stripe how huge and ubiquitous this problem is in California and the rest of the nation? Because a lot of people are saying, like you said, oh, it's similar itself. They're exaggerating how common it is. They have no idea how much is happening under their noses.
1: That's a great question and a great concern. Our school di- Thank you, Forrest, for your call. Are our, our school districts worried about the lawsuit?
5: You know what you hear all the time? You hear school districts threatening this notion of liability. Number one, we can't tell parents because of the liability. But you know what? Who's going to sue you? Who is going to sue the school district for finally telling the truth to the parents? Because that makes no sense. Parents want to be told the truth. They're going to sue the district to force them to tell the truth. The schools keep saying, no, no, no. If we reveal this information, we're going to get sued But by whom? A child whose information was revealed because kids can't sue on their own anyway? They'd have to enlist their parent to file the lawsuit. Where is that happening? The only lawsuits we've seen so far are indeed the ones by parents where the children have been secretly transitioned Mm. by Spreckles Union and by Chico Unified and, frankly, down in Newport Mesa where the elementary school was secretly transitioning kids. That's the liability we see.
1: So the reality is school districts are in more jeopardy from parents. That's right. Withholding, which makes sense because that's one of my contentions is that, you know, and I'd like you to call if you're a parent who would just like to not know that your kid has a completely different identity at school and you would like the teachers to lie to you and you would like the school administration to lie to you, if that's you, you want to be lied to about that, uh, gosh, I'd love to hear from you, 888-528-2557. I don't know that there's a parent. Who wants to be lied to?
5: I don't either. And even if you take away the, you know, the notion of being lied to, who wants to abdicate their role as parents and just pan that over to your local school down the street and say that the teachers and the counselors over there? Well, I'm sure they'll do right by my kid. Right. I don't need to, to know, know what, what they're talking what kind about. Of
1: parent, you know, it's like oh, whatever. You're yeah, go. just go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No. All right, eight 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 five 888-528-2557. Kynthia in Palos Verdes. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
3: Hi, thank you. I recall a while back on the Pastor Scott show that there was a a program on um, about gays against groomers. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, that group is gay persons who are against um, gender changes on children. Yeah. And um, what resonated is that word groomers. And I wanted to ask the question to both of you, really. Um, Does this mean that children are being groomed to be more vulnerable, to be exploited through gender changes and maybe for child exploitation or child trafficking or prostitution? Um, What exactly does this mean?
1: You know, that's a great question, Cynthia. It's controversial, the name. Uh, Was was it Gays Against Groomers? Gays Against Groomers is the group. It's Uh a very large now gay organization. And I think that, that, and there are, well you can you've worked with them before, and they show up they're on the side of parents in this.
5: they are they are absolutely against the over sexualization of the children they're against the introduction of inappropriate um, age inappropriate materials in the classroom, and they are definitely against this push for transgenderism and it's again like with speculating about the parents who enable this for their children, it's really hard to speculate about why schools would be doing this. What's the reason behind creating this vulnerable group of damaged children? That's very hard to understand where the official benefit is or where where that's coming from. But absolutely, it's really a great point to make that Gays Against Groomers and many other homosexual rights groups are, are really opposed to the transgender agenda because it is erasing, it is erasing the, the boys who will grow up to be gay, the girls who will grow up to be lesbian, all the work that has been achieved in that community to achieve this, uh, you know, equality is being put aside because the kids are being told, nope. You can't be gay. You need to be the opposite sex.
1: It's an interesting thing in the whole discussion. When you have the alphabet, the LGBTQ, you know, when you keep on going on, the trouble is, is if you go from the T and beyond, it's a very different thing than the LGB. But you can't be a B if there's more than two genders, right? It just can't exist. And then if there's more than two genders, the L and the B, the G and L or whatever, it doesn't make sense, right? So all of this, all of these things functionally break down because it's not it's not correct, you know, as far as who we are as human beings. There is gender dysphoria and there there are feelings and confusions that people get, but it doesn't change our biology. It doesn't change that. You know, the groomers thing, it's another discussion. You know, just, it is a strong statement that makes you wonder – I think that the danger is in some of this is that we can lose track of the actual conversation we need to have when we put labels on it. We've got to stay with what is actually happening to kids in the schools and what can we do about it uh, as parents. Real quick, one more call here. Paul Huntington Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
4: Um,
3: People are confused between the hormones and the chromosomes because if the child feels a little bit, Strange, because of hormonal influences from chemicals and such. You can look on environmental health science journals going back 20 years uh, on certain chemicals affecting even animals, let alone humans.
1: So. Yeah, thank you for adding Good that. point. You know, I think, Paul, people understand this. Or, you know, Jennifer, I think people really do understand what's going on here. So the, the political influence here it's much bigger i think than just the issue of trans and the kids it has something to do with government agendas it's much bigger which we don't really have time to talk about but i don't think that most people are confused
5: on the issue on the issue no No. i agree they are not i think most people red or blue republican democrat um they know that this sounds wrong, right? It doesn't pass the smell test when you are an attorney general and you're arguing on the side of not giving information to parents. You're arguing on the side of schools concealing information from parents. That just doesn't pass the smell test.
1: Yeah, and I think all the parents know that. All right, there's a whole lot of things going on in this subject. Jennifer, thank you for being with me for the whole hour today. That wasn't our plan, you know, ultimately. But, Jennifer, you're a great guest, and you're so knowledgeable on this. It's, My pleasure.
5: Uh, I love to be here. I love to provide this information. Well, and, and I, and I hope some it's some good questions.
1: I hope it's really helpful because I do think that there's a lot of people who don't realize how – major this is you know even just in we were talking about little league earlier in the little league world series and how fun that is but it's it's there right there's some kid who you're not sure why the boy is on the girl's softball team all of a sudden right right and maybe at eight it's not as big a deal athletically but probably by 10 it's a huge deal you know, and it's affecting uh, friends of ours. I'm using that that's a personal example. Friends of ours are dealing with that in their softball league, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's a significant thing. We'll talk about that another time. I really encourage people to uh, catch up with Jennifer Kennedy, my guest on social media. She's JenKen23 on Instagram, and uh, is Jen Revere. Jen on Revere
5: the, on Twitter on
1: the Twitter or X, I guess. I'm not sure yeah, how we to land Twix. on that. Let's
5: call it Twix. Twix. Oh, that's
1: pretty good, you know. And that's the left and right. It's like the Twix candy bar on the Twix. There. That's right. And uh, you can follow Passion. Scott Show at Pastor Scott Show on Instagram and Twix. And uh, we will link to you there, uh, Jennifer Kennedy's links and uh, some other things. You can also uh, get the podcast. If you want to get the podcast for this episode, just go to, in all episodes, look for the Pastor Scott Show on your favorite podcast app. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Jennifer Kennedy, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. And uh, we're done for today. We'll see you tomorrow from three to five. God bless. Have a good night.